Hey guys, it's Jackie, founder of All Mama Care and Mama to a Super Kid. When my son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia at 21 months old, not only did I feel my world was ending, but I was alone and scared. I made it my job to get my hands on every resource possible to become educated about his diagnosis. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was determined to become empowered and do everything possible to help my baby and my family thrive. Along the way, I've had the pleasure of connecting with some wonderful organizations and meeting some of the most caring and authentic people. This podcast is dedicated to supporting parents and families while their child is going through cancer treatment and beyond. I share with you all the resources that have played a major factor during this time in my family's life, and I'm so glad you're here with me. And now, let's get this episode started. Children are not little adults. They shouldn't be treated the same way as an adult would be treated for cancer. And there's really been nothing comprehensive that's been done to you know, switch this, turn it on its head. And so really that's where we're coming from. We, we don't want children just to survive. We want them to thrive. I like to think of this episode as some good news and offer hope for the future of pediatric cancer research in a time when our world is hurting. I had the pleasure of speaking with Laura West and again with Courtney Rinaldi from the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. In this episode, we highlight all the great things LLS is doing to keep pediatric cancer research funded and moving forward no matter what the circumstance. We review and talk in depth about the LLS Children's Initiative, a $100 million worldwide effort to discover new pediatric cancer research for blood cancers. We talk about how LLS can help your family through a cancer diagnosis every step of the way, through treatment and beyond. We highlight ways to get involved with LLS through fundraising, volunteering, and joining the movement for better treatment at a governmental level. Welcome back to the All Mommy Care podcast. Today I have two special guests with me. I have Courtney Rinaldi and Laura West. They are both from the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Courtney Rinaldi is the patient and community outreach manager and she was on uh, season two, episode three, where I interviewed her and we talked about the Leukemia Lymphoma Society and we talked about exactly what they do and how they can help families like ours. And Laura, I'm so happy that you're on. She is the manager of Major Gifts for the New England chapter. So I just want to give you guys a warm welcome and thank you so much for joining me tonight. We're happy to be here. So we'll talk about a couple of different things on this episode, kind of at high level. We'll reiterate again what the Leukemia Lymphoma Society does, what their mission is, how they can help families like ours. And then we'll kind of dive deep into the Children's Initiative. And that was something that Courtney and I kind of touched on a little bit during our first interview. And we really wanted to dedicate time to be able to talk more about it because it's such a monumental project that's going on. And it's really just we'll get into it, but it's really turning cancer research on its head. So I'm just so excited to talk about it. 
So if you guys can just kind of give a little overview about maybe Courtney, you can go first and then Laura. Yeah. Um, about how you got involved in the Leukemia Lymphoma Society and then we'll turn the mic over to Laura. Does that sound good? Sure. Yeah. So thanks for having me back again. And I'm excited to have Laura join us today. As Jackie mentioned, I'm the patient and community outreach manager for the New England chapter. And I started with LS five years ago. I gave a little bit of information about my story last time, but I, at 22, um, my boyfriend was diagnosed with cancer. And after a six year battle, he passed away two years after we were married on his 28th birthday. And so that sort of switched my, my career focus as to what I wanted to do. And I really wanted to help patients and families who were going through a tough journey the way that we did. So I found the Leukemia Lymphoma Society and never turned back. I've been here for five years and it's been so healing and inspiring to get to work with people like Jackie and Ollie and your family and all our other patients and survivors and loved ones. Um, I help get our patients connected with our services. So any of our support, emotional support resources, our financial assistance, you can get into a little bit again um, later, but it's just really rewarding to be able to help these families through a really difficult time in their lives. Thank you, Courtney. That is quite a story. And I know that, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that might be hard to to share with everybody. So I just want to acknowledge you and thank you again for sharing something so personal. And it clearly shows in your work, Courtney. We've been talking for a long time and and I just can't thank you so much for just being so, such a wonderful resource and always available when I have questions. So thank you. So what about you, Laura? How did you get involved with LLF? Well, I've um, always been in a career of nonprofits, and I've done everything from um, museums to conservation. And I was living in Colorado for 14 years, and I moved back. To the East Coast to be closer to family, and I took a job at LLS. And I didn't have a close mission connection in my immediate family, but my grandfather I never met um, actually passed away from a leukemia when way before I was born. And so that really has a kind of left us, you know, me not getting to know someone that would have been really, you know, a great person to have in, in my life. And then since then, I had an uncle that also had leukemia. And, but really my passion for working for LLS is really the staff and the support services. We help with patients and their families. You know, of all the nonprofits I've worked for, this is the most heartfelt and passionate. And it's really rewarding to see people, you know, get help and the resources they need. And part of my job is to really find out on the philanthropy side, you know, people want to give, people want to help in different ways, and I'm I'm here to educate people on how they can do that, whether it's a donation from an individual or a, a grant from a foundation that supports our um, patients to, you know, help them just pay for everyday things. As you know, a cancer diagnosis is so hard um, on families' finances, so, you know, I'm looking for ways to to get um, foundations to help solve that problem. So it's it's really rewarding. And I've been with LLS for over three years now. Wow, you your job is so important. And mm -hmm. I touched on it during the interview with Courtney, but the COVID uh, financial aid that you guys have, our family was lucky enough to receive some of that financial aid. And, and that's definitely helped us with groceries. And so 
I just appreciate you so much, Laura, for all the hard work that you're doing behind the scenes. And thank you. I'm just really excited that you're on and that we can hear your voice and, and really acknowledge you for all the hard work that you're doing. Because I know every day you guys are on calls that are just your whole day is packed, even though you're working remotely. You're still right. working behind the scenes and you're still giving your best foot forward and the most energy that you can do. So I appreciate right. that. Thank you. And I think the biggest lesson is people still want to help. People might be at home and their lives might be a little bit turned upside down, but you know, in this crisis mode, we find um, a lot of people are still helping and giving and want to make an impact. So it's really rewarding for us as well. And that's so encouraging to hear because you know, many of the families that are listening, they get the cancer diagnosis and then this whole COVID thing, ha you know, happens and it's like a double whammy. And then you kind of feel like, you know, your support system just crumbles under you. So again, I'm just really excited to start talking about, and we're going to dive into it in a minute about the children's initiative and what uh, it's all about and what it's doing to help out with cancer research. And again, really move pediatric research in the direction of what's best for the child. So we'll just kind of dive right into it. Laura, can you just give us an overview? What is the Children's Initiative? How did it start? Well, um, really, you know, we've taken a look at pediatrics and we've, we've funded a lot of research, but we took a look and there has not been a new, you know, in the last decade, there's only been four drugs, only four in the last decade that has been approved to help children specifically fight cancer. And as you know, and a lot of your audience knows, you know, children are not little adults. They shouldn't be treated the same way as an adult would be treated for cancer. And there's really been nothing comprehensive that's been done to, you know, switch this, turn it on its head. And so really that's where we're coming from. We, we don't want children just to survive. We want them to thrive during and after a cancer diagnosis. And we're trying to get away from the business of chemotherapy and radiation that causes so many problems later in life on these children that are, you know, are still developing and growing. And so that really is a driver for that. And can you just talk a little bit, how did the Children's Initiative start? I know that you had sent me a link and I, I was listening to the webinar that LLS put on, but can we talk a little bit about Dr. Nichols and how she started the Children's Initiative? Sure. So I think she, you know, she's done everything from being a, a doctor seeing patients and in the pharma world and really wanted to do something comprehensive. And luckily for us, we already have the success of the BAML trial, which was our first, we were the first nonprofit to convene and hold our own trial. And that was for AML. And we actually was approved by the FDA to bring all these stakeholders together and conduct this trial. And because of the success of the BAML trial, which is was for adults newly diagnosed over 60, we wanted to continue what we learned and what worked best and, and move that over to pediatrics. And so that's really how we started that and how we can do this in a successful way, because we've already have the, um, the knowledge and the know-how and we have the support of the FDA and the other stakeholders to really bring all these people together to make it happen. We can't just do it as one organization, but we want to want to do it right. We want to we want to share the data. We want to share 
um, the findings and we want to make it make the access better for families as well. Thanks so much for giving that overview. And if I can just add on to that, when I was listening to the webinar, which I'll post so that people that are listening right now will be able to listen to it. As uh, Laura just said, a high level overview, this children's initiative is absolutely incredible. And from a mom standpoint, just listening to everybody, all the stakeholders that are involved in this uh, it's called PEDAL, P-E-D-A-L. It's the clinical sites, clinical research organizers, regulatory agencies, international collaborators, so collaborating with people in Europe, pharmaceutical companies, and at great length, Dr. Nichols spoke about that in the webinar and talking about how to work with the pharmaceutical companies, not just, and I have a quote, not just to you know develop these drugs and then figure out okay who's going to receive these drugs but flip it around and figure out okay what does this child need how can we develop the drug that's going to help them so i have a quote from her she said when you are a pharmaceutical representative you are responsible for a drug in that drug you create clinical trials to move the drug forward at lls we're flipping it on its head we're making the trial revolve around the child. And I have to admit, when I was listening to that and I was doing the dishes, like I just started getting so teary. It's so important to me as a mom to know that it's not just, you know, not just the run of the mill, let's just try to get this done. It's, it's really like slowing down, figuring out what's going to work best for the child and the medicine that works best for them as an individual. It's not a one size fit all. Um, she goes on to say, we're identifying those specific targets that can cause cancer within the body and then develop drugs that work against those targets and then identify the specific targets per child and individualizing the treatment for the child. It just truly shows that her passion for this work just moves through her words and, and she breathes this every day. And as an oncologist, that is just amazing that she can have that heart but also that mindset to really understand how important this work is because we're talking about my baby we're talking about other people's right. other people's relatives and um and it really was refreshing to hear the webinar um and really you know hear all the good things that are happening so i um i kind of jumped around a little bit but overall and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but Overall, PEDAL is a $100 million effort working right. with countries worldwide, researchers and labs worldwide to gather all of these different clinical trials and gather all of their data in what they're calling the data common, which is basically a huge database um, to gather all of this information and really figure out, you know, what's going to work best. And that is just it's wonderful to hear all the collaboration because many of my listeners are very familiar with the children's oncology group but one step further and work worldwide is just wonderful because i have friends that are in england and you know i'll ask them i'll ask uh, my my mom friend like hey you know what's your treatment like she's like oh it's a little bit different so just for everybody to be on the same page is wonderful Right, and actually you mentioned England. We are partnering with Bloodline in Great Britain to assist getting pedal to countries in Europe and also with LLS Canada as well. So I thought 
your friends might want to know that. Great. And and what is Bloodline? I'm not familiar with that. It's an organization in, in Great Britain that, that's a partner organization to, L, to us. So like LLS Canada, they do similar things that LLS um, in the U.S. does as well. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. And if anybody's listening, definitely check that out. I'm going to check it out too. It's always good to to learn about new resources that can help. Is there anything more about the Children's Initiative, kind of where they're going? When do they begin to start the trials? What is their direction? In March, they were supposed to go to the FDA, but they, for a meeting, but they ended up doing it virtually and it worked and they gave the approval to, to for it to move, to continue to move forward, which was great news. And the goal is to start enrolling patients in early 2021. And that did get pushed back a little bit, but obviously we're still on track. And the big, the big picture is, you know, we're not stopping because of COVID or anything else. These children really need our help to get this precision medicine to them. And so we're really ramping up now and um, it should be really going to the, you know, the clinical trial phase in 2021. And then by the end of this year, we're supposed to have the IND. And for people that aren't sure what that is, it's the investigational new drug application that you have to get approved by the FDA to start a trial. Okay. Thank you. Cause I was just going to ask that. What is yeah. that? <laughs> right. I didn't. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the, the, the trial world uh, lingo, but it's very important to get that approval for things to move forward for the trial. Wow, that's wonderful. And also the trial, and and again, for those that are interested in listening to the webinar, much of the target of this trial, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, what I heard from the webinar is they're solely focused right now on AML because acute myeloid leukemia right now is where their efforts need to be because it is it needs a boost. It, there needs to be a lot more research behind it. And what I thought was very interesting that I learned from the webinar is I forget which speaker um, talked about it, but I think it was Dr. Michaels, but she said there are different agents that may be similar, like for acute myeloid leukemia and for acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And by agents, I think she means like just certain genes in the body or certain things that get right, biomarkers yeah mm-hmm. yeah but, I just thought it was so interesting that that there are things that overlap so even though because I started getting discouraged when I heard her say AML the research right. going towards AML but then she said a lot of these agents overlap so the research still applies to those correct. with ALL as well correct and I think a big a big piece of this trial is that we're looking to bring this to 200 clinical sites worldwide. And we want the trial to come to the patient, not the other way around, which is what usually trials do. We want easy access for families to be able to get to be a part of this trial. And that's a, that's a big piece that's different about this. Um, you know, some families have to travel out of state. People come from other countries. We don't want families to have to do that. Um, that's, that's incredible. That takes so much planning and so much coordination, but in the end, it's what's best for the patient. And, you know, we're really lucky to be in the area that we're in, but I know that, you know, there are other families that are hours away 
from their hospital. And, right. and, you know, even the thought of having to change hospitals is just daunting. So it's very encouraging to hear that, you know, LLS um, is really looking at this project on all angles and not just one. Um, Courtney, can you talk a little bit, and we're just going to kind of turn the conversation off of the Children's Initiative and kind of highlight some of the other things that LLS is doing right now uh, to support families like mine? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about uh, the parent education and family support that LLS is providing right now? Yeah, so just to sort of clarify, the Children's Initiative is actually the larger umbrella that all of this falls under. And a piece of that, a major piece of that, is the pedal trial, which is a lot of what Laura has talked about already. And then part of the Children's Initiative is also the component of um, the education and support for patients and families, as well as advancing policy and advocacy efforts. So I just want to touch on both of those um, as, a, as a segment of the Children's Initiative that we're really focused on. So for the education piece, a lot of this stuff sort of rolls into the general support I talked about last time. As far as financial assistance, which we've talked about sometimes can be a burden for families getting access to trials if they have to travel or take time off of work to care for their sick child in the trial. So we have a lot of financial assistance programs available that can help. We also have, you know, of course, our continued one-on-one -on -one support with our information specialists who are, you know, English, Spanish, and then we also have translation through our language line interpretive services. So Patients and families can call and talk to our master's level oncology professionals to ask any questions they have about their child's journey. So that's always available as well. And then specifically with our pediatric families, there's some great resources to help provide them support. One that I really think is so important but maybe underutilized is our back to school resources. So as you know, any mom knows that their kid is out of school, there's, there's a lot involved with bringing the child back into the school atmosphere. So we provide a lot of free information and education and materials to help support both parents and the education team to help reintroduce this child back to school and to really help ease the nervousness or, um, you know, the, the difficulties around that. And some of this stuff involves, you know, the child's rights. Maybe they need an IEP, maybe they need special services, and what, what are the rights as a child and a family returning to school. So we have a lot of wonderful materials that help to educate both, again, the parent and the school professional to know how to help this child. But it even has information as far as educating the student's peers. So, you know, the kids that are young might not understand why their their peer and their friend has been out of school for so long and why they come back maybe looking a little different. Um, and so, you know, some of these resources really focus on how the schools can educate the children to have the atmosphere for the child returning to school be very warm and welcoming. So that's one of the resources we have that I want, I want to make sure everybody knows about. To get information about this, uh, the back to school resources, they can call the Information Resource Center at the 800 number, which Jackie, I think you can link or put somewhere on um, the podcast website. Yeah, um, definitely. And also, we'll, and I have it written down here, but we'll just state it right now. It's 1-800-955-4572. And I'll put that in the show notes. Um, so if anybody needs to access that, again, um, I have had the opportunity to call and talk with a representative and 
They were extremely helpful. I will say though that you guys are really busy. Your phone lines are very busy. So call early in the morning. Early in the morning is good, especially us East Coasters while the rest of yes. the country is still asleep. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> It's good to have busy phones, but it can get a little, you know, frustrating if you really want to get through. So um, the back to school connection stuff is wonderful. And, you know, here on the East Coast, we're not sure if schools are going to open up in the fall. So just having that extra resource available, it kind of in your back pocket, just in case, is really just such a wonderful resource to have. And, and just know that like Ellis, they have your back. You know, you can pop on the website, um, go under caregivers, and there's a slew of different resources, as Courtney mentioned, the parent education, the family support, the one-on-one chat, and the Bloodline podcast that you guys have. I've been listening to it as I've been doing the dishes, and it's really, it's wonderful. I, I really do enjoy learning about all the guests that hop on and the last one that I listened to was another pediatric oncologist, and, and and it was comforting to know that many of the things, even the same phrases that she was saying was exactly what my oncologist was saying. So, like, that was like a comfort to me. I'm like, yep, okay, that makes sense. Courtney, can you talk a little bit about policy and advocacy and uh, the children cancer survivorship and treatment? Yeah, so... For the policy and advocacy, the, the goal is really, you know, the Office of Public Policy dedicating their time to break down barriers to care and also helping to accelerate the development of new cancer treatments. You know, kind of what Laura had mentioned early on, that there hasn't been many new treatments for pediatric patients developed in you know, about the last decade. So we're really trying to break down those barriers and get the get children access. What was really exciting is it seems like it was just yesterday, but it was almost two years ago. We passed the Childhood Cancer Survivorship Treatment Access in Research Act, which stands, which is abbreviated as the Childhood Star Act. Um, it was the most comprehensive childhood cancer bill taken up by Congress, and this legislation, which was unanimously passed in 2018 really aim to boost clinical trial efforts for pediatric cancer. It also looks to unlock new insights into childhood cancer through enhanced tracking and reporting and just overall improve the quality of life for childhood cancer survivors. And, you know, Jackie, I feel like you're always asking, you know, what listeners can do to help and how can they push forward to, to help spread awareness. And, and really with the advocacy efforts, you guys can help in each of your local communities and your states both on the local and federal level. And probably the easiest way is to get connected with our advocacy team. So you can do that easily right now. You could pick up your phone and just text the word SPEAK, S-P-E-A-K, to 69866. And so this will link you up to our advocacy team and the person in your local area can connect with you um, to see if you might be interested in sharing your story. Um, But even at the very least, you can join our efforts to sign petitions and bills um, specific to your local area. You'll get a text message or an email once in a while. Jackie, I don't know if you're signed up. I was just going to say, I'm going to sign up after <laughs> We need call. to sign you up too, yeah. but it's not it's not overwhelming. It's maybe once a month you'll get a okay. text alert or an email, and they'll ask you, you know, we have this important bill coming up. Will you sign, you know, be a part of the LLS petition? Um, and, you know, obviously the more signatures we get, um, the better. So it's just a way that you can, your voice can be heard even from home, and you can really help to push our agenda of, breaking down these barriers. So, you know, if you're a family too that has a story with your, you know, a pediatric patient, 
that you think is is really relevant and reasonable to some of the stuff we've talked about today, then you know I encourage you to contact your local LLS office, um, and you can you know try to share your story to help show the lawmakers and the policymakers why our voice should be heard and why they need to help us push forward these these acts to help our, our childhood patients. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, I'm definitely going to sign up as soon as we're off this call. And it's nice to know it's not overwhelming. And, and that way, you know, you still feel a part of something bigger. And it's not a huge time commitment. Right. Um, as we know, families that are going through active treatment and even after, life is hectic and crazy. And so that's just a wonderful resource. So thank you so much for talking about that. Of course, oh, thanks to anyone who jumps on to help. Yeah. And unfortunately, we only have a couple more minutes. I feel like time is flying by. But I did want to talk about one of the campaigns that you guys are running right now. And it's called the Big Virtual Climb. And what it is, is it's on Saturday, June 13th. And LLS is putting on a fundraiser to kind of get everybody to get out and move. I'm going to read it straight from the website. It says we provide all the tools you need to fundraise and train to be ready for the big day, Saturday, June 13th. That's when we'll all climb the same number of steps that we would take to the top of San Francisco's iconic Salesforce Tower, 61 stories, 1,762 steps. So climb your way to reach the top. And what I love is that you guys provide such an easy toolkit to get started with fundraising. You can elect an honored hero, and it's really easy to share on Facebook, on social media, and get your friends and family involved. Free to register, and there's no fundraising minimum. So it really is just a great way for people to, like you said, get moving together, kind of come together to climb as one across the country on June 13th. Um, Laura and I are signed up, so we'll be, yeah, we'll be doing our steps on the 13th. Yeah. So yeah, you know, everyone hopefully that hears this before June 13th can jump on our website. Like you've said, it's called the Big Virtual Climb and come join us, you know, all as one team. Wonderful. So I will do the best that I can, considering <laughs> that I'm four and a half months, almost five months pregnant, but I will do the best that I can and maybe I'll recruit my family and we'll record all of our steps together and, and do a grand total. But I think it's just a great way to kind of, you know, stay close to your family and your friends and get everybody involved, even though you can't be together and walk together. Uh, you can still do it virtually and still check in on each other. So I just, I love that campaign. When I saw that, it was just so cool. So we only have a, like two more minutes to just wrap up, but I did want to just reiterate that 1-800 number if anybody needed to call the Resource Center. It's one 855 So again, it's one 855 And again, call early in the morning. <laughs> and also LLS has a chat too. So if you just want to log on, you can chat uh, with a representative that way. Um, so as we're about to wrap up, I always like to ask everybody that comes on, um, what motivates you to do the work that you're doing at LLS? And let's start with Laura first. Oh, there's so many great reasons, but really the, the biggest motivator is really to cure cancer. We want to have more memories and birthdays. So really is to cure cancer and eradicate cancer and, um, keep our loved ones close and continue to do the work to get rid of cancer. Love that. Thank you. I would say for me, obviously that's, that's always all of our goal, but 
I think for me, working on the patient services side, I'm really, really motivated to keep going because these are all services that I wish I had when my family was going through my husband's cancer diagnosis. You know, thinking about if I could have had a first connection match or a caregiver workbook because I was so meticulous with my note taking or a support group to go to or an 800 number to call or financial assistance to help us, you know, move all across the country to participate in clinical trials. So I just think that every single one of our services that we have to offer at LLS is important and impactful to our patients. And it just motivates me every day to spread the word about all of them so that our blood cancer patients are aware of them and can have them help them through their journey. Wow, ladies, I just want to thank you again so much for taking the time to pop on the podcast and and talk about all the wonderful things that LLS is doing and what you're doing personally. And I just, I really appreciate all the work that you're doing. And I, again, for all the listeners that are out there, um, these ladies are amazing. They're working so hard behind the scenes. Just know that they have your back. And if any of our listeners have any questions, what's the best way that they can reach out to you? Should they reach out to me and then I relay it to you? Or should they reach out to you directly? Or how do you want to do that? Yeah, they can, you know, you could connect us or, you know, calling the 800 number is a great way to get connected. And everybody at that, um, at that number knows the local offices to get them connected to us. And then also if they go to the LLS.org, um, New England page specifically, all of our contact info is listed there as well for Laura and I. So they can find us on the website too. Thank you guys. Take care. Thanks for all you do, Jackie. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If something from this stuck with you, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me what you thought. Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. You can even send me a voicemail. Simply go to anchor.fm backslash time backslash message. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot tag me and a couple friends. You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today. The light within me honors the light within you.